so while no one's paying attention, the face of um, policing is changing. I've been speaking to Derek Chauvin's appeal attorney, and it was clear, it's, it's clear that I know more about this case than they do. And because the mainstream narrative, the mainstream media doesn't have an interest in putting out the truth, a lot of these clips or this footage has never seen the light of day. And there are so many details that point to this being a psyop. So there's. If you're like me, you're constantly searching for the best solutions to keep you and your family healthy. We all know that diet and exercise is important, but unfortunately, diet and exercise is not enough in today's toxic and nutritional deficient environment. No matter how much you try to eat healthy, soils depleted of minerals will not produce sufficiently nourishing food. That's why we have carefully curated products on the controlyourhealth.care website that keep you fully nourished. The Healthy Foundation Pack for those wanting a complete nutritional program, the on-the-go pack for those looking for a more convenient yet quality solution, and the plant-derived minerals for those on a budget who need more for your money. Starting at less than $30, you can get what our bodies lack the most, and that's minerals. The plant-derived minerals contain up to 77 minerals from prehistoric plants in their unaltered colloidal form, which will give you nourishment you just cannot find in today's food. The price does not mean less quality. Far from it. Plant-derived minerals are also in the complete nutritional program, and these minerals are what our foods lack most. Plus, it comes in tasty flavors for the entire family to enjoy. So if you're on a tighter budget, plant-derived minerals are for you. You can find links for these and many other products at controlyourhealth.care or at sarahwestall.com slash shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Maryam Hanin coming back to the program. She is the world's expert on George Floyd. I know a lot of people might be tired of the George Floyd situation, but you really should be listening to some of this stuff because it is changing the way policing is done in the country. It, there's a lot of stuff when people aren't paying attention, they're doing a lot of things. It also changed our world. It was all based on a PSYOP. And at least that's what the information is showing. She has so much information that nobody has seen. That's why I say she's the world's expert on George Floyd, because she's been getting all this information. It's so much bigger than him. We all know that. And they were planning this. They're bringing in the color revolution on the United States based on that one case. And now they're expanding or they expanded it to the world. And so she wants to get to the bottom of it. And many times to really understand what's going on, it takes years until all this data comes out. And when you have someone like her who won't, who's relentless and just keeps going and figuring it out, that's what they don't like. She's like their biggest enemy because she just is relentless trying to figure this out. I love her for doing that because that's a true journalist. So we're going to learn a lot of stuff from her today. But the biggest thing is she's doing a documentary and a book and she is, is fundraising. So I'm going to have the link below. So if you're interested in helping her out and getting that out to the world, she needs help on that. But um, she's going to share a bunch with us today. It's a two-parter. It's pretty long. So hopefully you'll stick in for both. But I'm going to give you a little bit of information on things that I just heard. The energy grid, they're getting 
reports that today I just saw that there's reports out that there's probably going to be rolling blackouts. California will likely be worse because they're the ones really pushing all this green energy crap and they're just totally incompetent at managing their energy. We've seen that over and over again. 25% of their electric vehicle charging stations in San Francisco are reportedly not working. Can't imagine living there. It's just a total clown act, but that's what's going on. But the rolling blackouts will likely hit other states as well. I don't even know how you prepare some, for some of this stuff. You know, if you're living in an area, make sure you have some backup batteries. And I don't know what you're going to do about the heat. Maybe have a way to get to some place that has air conditioning, but just be ready for it. The other thing is in China, Beijing and Shanghai, you know how they're all in lockdown, but they have stepped it up this week. And, you know, they're trying to get to their zero cases goal of COVID. And so they've been increasing restrictions. Shanghai has stopped delivering food. They don't want the food people to get infected. So they're only allowing government now to deliver foods. People can only leave to get their PCR test, which is a joke. And now they're moving anybody who lives in the entire building. If somebody in your building tests positive, they're moving everybody to these quarantine centers. These poor people, I can't imagine. I'm to the point now where it's so bad, I just don't even understand. I, I don't, is this even true information coming out of there? Because how could it be this bad? I mean, how could they do this much brutality to their people? There has to be something else going on. And if not, then, I mean, my gosh, it's just incredible. This is not what we want in this country. And that's what I, I wonder if it's, it's a psyop to a certain degree, making China look super bad because we're at a, a war with China right now. I mean, we are through a lot of information, we're in an information war. So I just wonder if some of this is psyops that we're getting because I mean, how can you be this brutal to your people? I mean, millions of people. These are their two largest cities. Anyways, I have one good news before we get into the show. The Cocker Institute in Switzerland, you know, Dr. Cocker, he's the one that did the chlorine dioxide solution, the three-phase trial, showing how it works for pretty much COVID. For COVID is just a flu, so it works for the flu. It works for all sorts of diseases, Ebola, uh, other things too. I know that there's been good things with cancer, but they did a three-phase trial with COVID. So essentially the flu or coronavirus, a cold, and they had pretty much perfect results on it. And they have a free seminar for people now. And I have that up on our resource document. I have the link below. You know how I have the resource document on how to keep from getting sick. Number one is get good nutrition, which is what I'm really pushing on controlyourhealth.care. But besides that, there's a whole slew of things that you can do to really reclaim your health. But one of those is understanding chlorine dioxide solution. It's not legal in the United States. It is illegal in many countries. We do have a purified form of it called twin oxide in the United States that you can get for drinking water that works um, very well. So you can uh, talk to Dr. Joe about getting some twin oxide. But this is a free seminar from the Cocker Institute. So it's very well done. It's very professional. And there's a link to that in that document as well. So I'll have a link underneath the show so you can get to that. I always have a link to that because it's so important. But I'll have it in a more prominent position right before the description of the show. And for those of you who can't see it, just go to my website, sarahwestall.com. And it's a, if you scroll down, there's a 
big picture. It's the biggest picture on the whole thing on solutions to keep from getting sick. Why do they sign up for my newsletter and support my affiliates? And let's get into this two-parter. It's a long one with Marianne Hanin. Hi, Marianne. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. You have some amazing research going on about the George Floyd situation. I know people are, um, you know, probably almost tired with it, but it's important for people to hear some of the stuff. And, you know, let's start off with some of the symbology that you found and how it relates to this satanic stuff. Like you found a 666 on the trash can and all these things. I hope you have pictures or at least send me them so I can put them up. Uh, can you I do. talk about what you've been doing with George Floyd? And then let's talk about the symbology first around this. It really shows that this was a planned event. It was, it was a false flag. Let's face it. It was a psyop and it was a planned event, especially because all the symbology was already there. So talk about what you found, what you're doing, and then what you found. Yeah. I want to just address that. I understand that people have George Floyd fatigue and they don't want to hear any more of it, but it is the event that ushered in the color revolution that allowed us to go from virus to violence when people were fed up of the lockdowns and then to also bring in these mask mandates on the heels of this slogan, I can't breathe, which was a slogan that was also used in 2014 when our Eric Garner, who was also represented by Benjamin Crump, also said, I can't breathe 11 times. And personally, I, I believe that they used this George Floyd event to also get more needles in the arms of the number one demographic, which are Black lives, and they matter because they're vaccine hesitant, and they have not forgotten about the Tuskegee experiment. So it's been almost two years that I have constantly or or continued to cover this event, and it's not over because we just had a federal trial. The three officers were found uh, found guilty of not doing enough essentially. And we also have a trial around the corner in June, again, for the other three officers. And the government is already telling us that it's going to be monumental. In in the meanwhile, there's been about 3,000 different bills that have been addressed. And the duty to intervene in just Minneapolis alone was amended in June, less than a month after George Floyd died. And so while no one's paying attention, the face of um, policing is changing. Um, Homicide, you likely know, um, given that you're from Minnesota, has uh, has doubled homicide and, and this defund the police. So just to set the stage as to why we would be talking about this now. And and in the meanwhile, I've gone ahead and I've purchased 200 plus exhibits. And because the mainstream narrative, the mainstream media doesn't have an interest in putting out the truth, a lot of these clips or this footage has never seen the light of day. And there are so many details that point to this being a psyop. So there's two schools of thinking. One that would argue that they prepare for these false flags 
a year in advance. And certainly I'll go over some of the evidence that points to that. And then there's others like filmmaker Joel Gilbert, who I interviewed and has become a colleague and, and who's been mentoring me to further look into some of my hunches, believes that these cases are a dime of dozen. I personally don't think it's an accident that George Floyd said, I can't breathe many times, about 10 before Derek ever mm-hmm. arrived at the scene. What do you mean he said there, these cases are a dime a dozen? What does that mean? He's, he believes that Benjamin Crump gets two or three of these cases uh, a day where someone is uh, a real victim of uh, police brutality or racism. And so that they have, they basically co-opt and pluck out the things, hide things that don't fit into the the mainstream. But given that there is a cover-up involving Cup Foods and there is a cover-up with Maurice Lester Hall, And also the fact that May 2019, George does the exact same thing. This time he swallows OxyContin, which is also made by the Mexican cartel, says, uh, he doesn't say I can't breathe, but he says, my mama just died. It's almost like they went back to him and they said, we're going to make you Rodney 2.0. We're going to, this is going to help get vaccine rates up. Just say, do that thing that you did in May. Just say, I can't breathe. And then meanwhile, someone either poisons him and at one point the I can't breathe is real or even go as far as if you listen to all the his um, his script or the, the words that he says, what if he took the drugs because he knew there is something in Freemasonic ritual, there, there is a self-sacrifice ritual. And I'll, I'll go into some of the symbology in, in this. Well, it seems like there, there probably are a dime a dozen of just different events that could, you know, this could be, but there's too much coincidence. And this was used too much that uh, there's just too much. Yeah. You could use other events, but it wasn't perfect for what they were trying to do. I would agree. I, I agree that it's and, and another another criteria is for a false flag is when there's these multi-agency jurisdictions. Yes. Yes. So the fact that at 10 o'clock at night it turned into a crime scene, and then you had the BCA, which is the equivalent of the FBI in Minnesota, and you had the FBI and you had the MPD, and they were at the scene. If you look at the redacted police report till five in the morning and again like oh it's just a coincidence that Derek and Tao to Tao are driving squad 330 and then the Lane and Kang are 32 which is 32nd um, level Mason like for instance in Vegas I didn't know it happened on the 32nd floor and you mentioned the garbage I'm wondering if I can show you yeah, the garbage is should really I, interesting. I, yeah, can I show you some some things? I don't yes. have all this. Okay, so for in, this is this is a little video that no one has seen, but so this is the angle from Cup Foods. I was very keen on watching as many angles of the moments when George and Derek Chauvin, who both worked at the El Nuevo Rodeo a club with ties to the Sinaloa 
Mexican cartel. I'm not going to buy that one worked inside and one worked outside. George Floyd is six foot six and 240 pounds. Here we have Derek coming into the scene. Okay, so even like looking now at the, so we see the, you see the garbage can, Sarah. Yeah. Now look at right, right in front of Derek. You see that square? Why, why is this important? So for the event, the, the trash can was usually, I have other picture where the trash can is usually by this snow parking sign. Oh. And they've moved it. Do you see the uh, empty space? Yes. So that they moved it um, closer to the bus stop and indeed it does have six foot uh, six 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 on the side now it's more like okay this is just a coincidence but when you see all the symbology and you add it up which is why i'm into details then it begins to paint a picture of uh, just strangeness for instance so we said squad 330 and then we have the riots that started on 33rd street we have here i'll show you uh the the one of the masonic lodges that benjamin crump belongs to i forget the the name of uh, the the lodge is happens on the same street that george floyd is killed on now there in this photo you see the um ambulance the ambulance yeah. took the wrong turn i was able with with the help of you to interview Chris Martin, the boy that took the um, the twenty dollar bill, and interviewed him. And I could suss out that he's a genuine human being. His black life and the trauma that he withstood is not really taken into consideration. For let's just no, they put don't that care. On. Yeah. No, unlike Darnella Frazier, who raised seven hundred thousand plus million dollars for her black life, Chris Martin didn't raise anything. So I bring this picture up because they took a wrong turn. Chris Martin says, told me that George was dead when they put him on the gurney. I'm going to trust that you can suss out when someone's life is is snuffed from them on. On um, the article that I shared from Activist Post and on my Gab channel, I now have a um, collaborating piece of evidence that he was dead in that there's a Middle Eastern man off camera that says he dead already. He's dead already. So then, therefore, why are we not, why are we not um, holding? You had, go ahead. You had two people say he was dead now at this point. He was dead already. And if you look at the chances, what the criteria to resuscitate someone, on one hand, they said that these bystanders were literally more cooperative than the cops, two of them which are rookies. But on the other hand, they blame the bystanders for the reason why they moved on Park and 36th. So if you look at the actual way to get to the hospital, Hennepin Healthcare, it's 13 minutes. Chris found it strange that they pull over here. You see where Cup Foods is, but they pull over yeah. here. Yeah. And if you look at the, the um, footage, why don't they treat 
if someone is, is having cardiac arrest or you have to do CPR, you increase the chances by doing it on the spot instead of this load and go. Yeah. But we didn't fault any of these EMTs for not doing enough to save George uh, Floyd. Let me see what else I can show you. This is a very, um, very, you know, it, beautiful image in that, you know, on sets, you always have a set photographer and this is a, an image that, that after the scene, when it becomes a, a crime scene, let me see what else I can show you. The, I have um, clips, never before seen clips. I have the, the footage of, um, of um, Derek because his camera conveniently rolled under the uh, squad 320. But I, I, when I asked the courts, has anyone asked to see listen to this and he said no nobody else has asked to see or watch or listen to Derek Chauvin's body-worn camera this image is that's weird uh, I think so I I think but there's a lot of weird during the the federal trial I called it a reporter at NBC because I wasn't there. I was relying on five, six different pool reporters and all the context and details that I know. And when I asked him, for instance, like, doesn't everybody know that's not George Floyd's Mercedes Benz? And he's like, yeah, we know. I, I, I was told not to speak to people like you, independent journalists. My boss told me not to speak to people like you. People yeah. like you. Yeah, because the other ones will fix the narrative and you won't. Right, right, right. That's this, exactly the reason. Go that's ahead. Exactly it. And and so they are in the courts every day just parroting and being gatekeepers to what gets out. And then people who are really paying attention or doing justice. Then they don't. The, you know, my my stuff doesn't get a lot of reach, and so that's how they keep the truth buried. This is um just proof. You know, George, I I technically own George Floyd's debt. I paid Cup Foods the twenty dollars, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny, and uh, it serves it serves. You know, in my book, I can say that I that that was uh, an idea that Joel, that Joel gave me. Um, this is Derek at the hospital, like all cops that are engaging in police brutality and racism. So at 9.05, he is, this is before George is technically said to be dead and he's at the, he's there. So I even interviewed Kathy O'Brien um, MK Ultra survivor ask her, is it possible that there was a cue or that Derek was activated? Given if you watch the little footage that there is, he's very soft spoken. I don't understand why he didn't go and testify at his own trial to show a little bit of his humanity. But here he is. When I told Chris Martin that he showed up at the uh, hospital he thought, oh, wow, he should really go to hell, is what Chris Martin said. Um, well, because everybody thought he killed him. But didn't they ask you to um, actually testify in one of these cases based on everything I, you've been no, reading? I wish. Oh, I thought no, they did. I, I, thought... I, I was a fan. I was, 
I've been speaking to Derek Chauvin's appeal attorney, and it was clear, it's, it's clear that I know more about this case than they do. And so that was something I got on the phone actually last week. And uh, Joel Gilbert was on the phone with me speaking to the attorney on what on what are the conditions of um, that they can appeal. It's it's only certain periphery elements that like, for instance, juror corruption or change of venue, because any logical person, why did Peter Cahill decide to do this trial in Hennepin County? The federal trial had all white jurors. It was from all over Minnesota. And what's interesting is that when they were giving the guilty verdict for the three officers, two of them, which were rookies, they two of the jurors were literally crying. So were they crying because they know that they've destroyed these people's lives? And is it interesting that they are sequestered or their identities are protected till 2032, but the jurors involved in the Derek Chauvin state trial were all released, one of them at least that was shown to have ties with Black Lives Matter. And yet, isn't that proof enough that these uh, that Derek didn't get the right to a fair trial. So unfortunately they bank on eliciting an emotional response. Oh yeah. I had someone who doesn't even know me or doesn't know an iota of the research I found and said, well, if you don't think these cops, the cops are bad and these guys belong in jail. And if you, if you don't agree, I'm not gonna talk to you anymore. Um, yeah, and they, they think they, they, they won't just objectively look at the facts. They've already made their decision and they won't even talk to you unless that's what you think, it, which is just it, totally inappropriate. Yeah, I would think so, that it's totally inappropriate and it doesn't, you're not even wanting to engage in a, in a conversation and um, just, just look at the, the evidence I have and be um logical and reasonable you're just going to have an emotional response it, it doesn't make any sense and yes there are corrupt cops and yes actually yes. mpd yep. is quite corrupt and i would argue that at the higher echelon they do know they were involved in this money laundering scheme and some of them look the other way and minneapolis and minnesota is full of effery money laundering human yep. trafficking yep it's it's not a, a pretty place here it's one of the worst it's known and i think with uh, you know ellison and some of these other it's a hotbed of the democratic party the marxism he's not just a democrat he's not a normal democrat he's a marxist uh antifa guy who fry no um uh, Ellison, the attorney general. Ellison. Oh yeah. Keith Ellison. Yeah. He's is, a bad news. Yeah. But he's our attorney general. Yes. He's super corrupt. He made sure to take over this case in the beginning. Michael Freeman was suggesting that there was more evidence that real investigations take time. He was taken off of the case. Keith Ellison is the one who sat on the body worn footage for four months to make sure that 
Darnella's footage basically left an impression on, on people and they judged what, what was going on. And if you just saw the Darnella footage without any context, it does look like a lynching. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about what you've come up with. Cause it looks like he was, he really died from the fentanyl, right? I mean, isn't that what we're, you've kind of, I mean, the yeah. evidence is kind of showing it's really was a fentanyl death and that he got yeah. the drugs from uh, a Mexican cartel and wasn't the guy that was um, had a warrant out for his arrest was with him and was a drug dealer. Yeah. So, I mean, they yeah. had all so this stuff. Go ahead. Yes. So let, let's let's uh, clear, clarify that. In reality, it's a multi, based on even the death certificate that I got a FOIA, that there is a small ACME code that shows that this was a multi-drug, multi-drug overdose. However, just looking at the what they did to the real medical examiner, Andrew Baker, that they threatened him, they threatened to renew his four-year term. They literally said people on the Hennepin Council that he caused, quote, irreparable damage to the Black community. Then you had a coroner, Mitchell, who bullied, threatened. And then at the actual trial, you had all these supposed death experts that were couching at Andrew Baker's testimony now come around to the federal trial basically the medical examiner has changed his tune was coerced in adding neck compression and now in this this inverted reality you can have neck compression without even so much as a bruise so the drugs are no longer considered quote top line factors I would go as far as to say, based also on some of the testimony, that this fentanyl, which is made by the Mexican cartel with ingredients from made in China, that there are oftentimes undetectable drugs. So if we look at a fentanyl death and we look at the meth amphetamines in his system, like I looked with Zach helped me, we were looking at a cyanide, how a cyanide poisoning can go undetected and mimics a lot of the things, uh, the, the cardiac arrest, the nausea, the, he said, my stomach hurt, his body hurt, that it's possible that they didn't even identify or look at something else that could have been in, in the whole melange All I can say is this last trial, there was someone who testified that sometimes the fake fentanyl is laced with undetectable drugs. And I spoke to one Phoenix, uh, retired Phoenix detective that's worked with the Mexican cartels gone um, undercover that says it's like playing Russian roulette. And then also it's fentanyl is the number one killer of human beings in the United States. And if anyone gave a crap for real about this black man, we would be asking, where does the fake money come from? Where does the fake fentanyl and the fake cash come from? So just to also segue, I 
applied for a FOIA from the Secret Service. It took me a year for them to respond to me because they're the ones who truly handle fake um, counterfeit money. And to share with your audience that in January of 2020, Minnesota State intercepted $800,000 of fake $1 bills made in China. Mm. And so there is a counterfeit problem here. Uh, Minneapolis is a corridor of, um, of, of funneling traffic, funneling drugs. Then we talked about, you, you mentioned Maurice Lester Hall. So Maurice Lester Hall, there's more to the story that I'll leave from my, my book, but he leaves that day and he escapes back to Houston. So on June 2nd, he's arrested as a fugitive out of state. The next day or the day after that, is the case is dropped, the, the, the charges are dropped, the case is sealed, and Maurice Lister Hall is found to have the early beginnings of intellectual disability, just basically mental oh. illness. Yeah. And all yeah. people, as all people who suffer from mental illness, the day after that, he did Good Morning America. So, of course, we put <laughs> a convicted felon with outstanding warrants we, we put them on national TV and we do the rounds. Well, I recently applied for a FOIA and I suspected that Maurice Lester Hall was an informant. And I have found proof, which I will supply in my book, that indeed he, he is an informant or was an informant based on a lot of the things that he said himself that I sussed out that people don't pay attention to while he was being babysat by park police officer, Peter Chang. And there's another cover up, which I will leave for the book as well. So now I've contacted Maurice because I found his number and I have been chatting with him and I hope to interview him. And it seems like maybe they're dangling they're trying to pressure him. He's trying to get his child back. He's, he says that the Floyd family have turned their backs on him. He has not received any money. Apparently the bystanders like Darnella and Donald Williams and Charles McMillan did receive compensation mm. for appearing at the trial. I don't know if that's usual that you pay people, is it? No, I don't think so. I mean, you, you have to go and testify. It's, you, it's right. the law, right? I mean, I thought you just have to. Here's some money. Jeez. <laughs> um, okay. So he says, so I'm, I, I spoke to him last, last week. I feel privileged to have sp spoken to him and I'm, you know, I'm just after the truth. I, I, I would like, I find it interesting that they've thrown him under the bus. I thought that come this state trial that he would have some type of immunity to be able to testify. And he says, he says that the person who really owns that car and Courtney Ross, the girlfriend of George, that they, they don't like him much because he was a bad influence and that he did give him drugs that day. He has sold him drugs in the past based on Courtney Ross's testimony, but brought up a point like, oh, if I'm so bad, why did George on his deathbed say, Reese, I love you. So George also says, I'm through, I'm through. And he also says, when this goes off on me, man, when this goes off on me, man, um, 
I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Oh no. When I stop breathing, when I stop breathing, it's going to go off on me, man. And I'm like, what is, what is going to go off on you, George? Um, That's weird. But if if you listen to the, to the, all the, all that comes out of George Floyd's mouth and imagine just for a moment, entertain that he did know that he was doing a self-sacrifice and, just consider that given that the Freemasons do have this ritual given also. So let's just finish a little bit of the, um, of the symbology, which is very interesting. So he also, George Floyd has a big, a big um, Eagle that is um, the boule is the black community, the black Freemasons. Um, Benjamin Crump is also related to the boule also Stephen Jackson, there's the theme of theme of the twins and the twins is referring to the hermetic order of as above, so below, and these twin, you know, twin towers. So they had uh, twin cities. It happened under the month of Gemini, which is the twins. He has, there's these twin autopsies. George Floyd has a twin, Stephen Jackson, whose father just happens to also be, have been a Mason, and, and so there are, are all of these very strange, like looking at George Floyd's old addresses, there's one that comes up 3333 Alabama Street in Texas. The main address for the El Nuevo is not the office that happened to be front. The real owner is Basim Sabri, Maya Santa Maria is the front woman. It's also 1303. So there's a lot of three threes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's there are six, six, sixes, um, three sixes. And so that is weird. Initially, you're like, oh, that's just coincidence. But it's all over the scene. And also initially, if people remember, there was this whole eight minutes and 46 seconds that ended up not even being accurate. And 846 is the time that the North Tower was hit in the 9-11 PSYOP. So it's, it's, that's why I call it a multi-layered PSYOP examine, because I I joke that if George Floyd was a stone, he would have killed way more than two birds. And, And none of this justifies true police brutality or George Floyd's death. I don't know why Derek continued to put his knee on that area way after George Floyd passes out. It's, yeah, that's um, very weird. Right? Well, the other thing is, it wasn't that knee, wasn't that the official way that the police was taught to do it? 